Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Racing Broodhaper, Sikkim365.com recruiting analyst, college football analyst, joins us on the show. So, Grace, in the news that Cole had earlier today, you follow a lot of the recruiting, transfer portal, whatever. Uh, Baylor has an NIL in place as far as per player that's pretty equal and across the board. How much, how much will uh, the additional money for what is fair market value help them, and will it help them immediately? Absolutely. I mean, this is something that I think has been working towards this for a while, and it, it's absolutely massive for uh, the entire football program. I mean, they absolutely needed something like this to occur. Um, I think a lot of people – you know, kind of made the assumptions that Baylor's NIL was not doing well, which simply was not true. Baylor just was divvying it out evenly across the board for the most part. And so now with these additional resources, I do think that it's going to to pay huge dividends. And I mean, guys, we're at a time right now, as far as Baylor football goes, where there's a lot of question marks and, and a lot of things that have to be answered over the next, you know, truthfully two weeks, maybe a month, you know, whether Dave Rand is going to be the head coach, whether they're going to bring in a new coach, whether uh, guys are going to enter the transfer portal, uh, all of these questions. And I do think that this ability using NIL to potentially retain players, uh, go out, add additional players who could uh, mean a lot to the program next year and uh, going forward, uh, it's very, very important. And I definitely think, think it puts Baylor uh, on an even better trajectory. I would have said, you know, they're kind of in that middle tier of, schools which is where I would say most schools are um you know outside of like the top 25 there are obviously schools with more resources but just kind of that middle group is kind of where Baylor was somewhere in there I think they've kind of risen to maybe the upper middle tier of that group which is really really important in the new Big 12 and I think it makes them as competitive as any school in the Big 12 going forward Grayson how much does the fact that some of the NIL that has been behind the scenes a little bit and not out in front and promoted hurt Baylor in recruiting? I think it has to an extent, but I honestly wouldn't say that it's been something that's been huge against them, to be honest. I mean, they did a really nice job in the transfer portal as far as, you know, getting guys that they needed, uh, adding guys who are high-quality prospects either out of high school or out of college in the past year, it just, you know, simply did not work out for them this year as far as meshing the transfers with the talent that was on campus. And so what's ended up happening is they've played a lot of young guys. And that's going to happen sometimes when you rely on the transfer portal because it can pay huge dividends, but it can also have consequences for the depth of your roster and the long-term outlook of it. But I really don't think that, you know, it being not vocalized has really impacted them at all. I, I would say, it's impacted the fan base more than 
their actual, you know, recruiting and transfer portal efforts. I think that this kind of false narrative that Baylor has no ability to compete in IL wise has kind of uh, been said a lot, uh, I would say, and probably far too much than, than is worth uh, as from the results that I've seen. I think it's been talked about far too much as a negative as opposed to kind of where Baylor is, which is middle tier uh, in NIL and potentially changing that with this news. So where does the recruiting class stand right now? Um, it seems like with the season going the way that it has, that it's been there, but it's not a part of like the forefront of the conversation, which typically it would and should be throughout the years. You're building towards signing it. So here we are, and they're a month out or so. Um, so where would you kind of say that all is in the grand picture of things? Right, and I mean, this class was always going to be a small class. I think I've said that ad nauseum, and, and I know people don't want to hear that because you only want to look at rankings and you want to see Baylor being, you know, top 25 or whatever expectations people have for them. And that's not going to be this class. This class is a smaller class. Um, they landed a lot of guys that, again, they wanted in this class. I'm not going to sit here and say they've landed every single target because obviously that's, that's completely not true. But, you know, they got 14 commits. They have a good group, a lot of guys that have been locked in for a long time. Um, and now as we kind of turn the corner uh, to the end of the season, they have a couple spots remaining. But honestly, I really think the bulk of the effort this offseason, whether it's for with Dave Aranda or a new coach, is going to be about the transfer portal. I do think you'll see maybe some shakeups if they bring in a new coach. Maybe they'll change up some things in this recruiting class some. Uh, but I think in general, the transfer portal is where Baylor's going to make up the ground they need to going into next season, which obviously is going to be very important, whether it's with Aranda or a new coach. All right. So, Grayson, uh, I know you've seen Caden Jenkins on Twitter. Uh, respect my decision. He has a family to take care of and all of that. And we see that a lot during times when players are being recruited and or when they're about to possibly enter the transfer portal. Uh, how much do you feel like the news today, not directly for Caden Jenkins, but the Caden Jenkins of the world will now understand what Baylor can do for them a little bit more? Right. And I think that this was something that had been in the works for a while. And obviously then you fast forward to what was it yesterday or two days ago when Caden, you know, tweeted about that. Um, and I think it caused a lot of people to be really scared about, you know, what's going to happen with transfers, how many guys are going to leave. And obviously we still have a ways to go. And, you know, anytime there's a coaching change, there usually is a shakeup of the roster. And then, of course, if you have a bad season, there's sometimes a shakeup as well. Uh, but one thing that I continue to hear and I continue to emphasize is Baylor really, really, really wants to keep their young players. They want to develop this group. They want to take. They want this group to elevate the program to a whole nother level, and Baylor's got to find a way to do that. And in order to do that, some of it's going to come down to NIL, and I think in this situation that you're referring to, uh, it absolutely could have a massive impact on you know whatever he releases later today or whenever, um, whenever he says something official. But I, I do think in general, once again, I feel pretty good about Baylor being able to keep the young guys that they want to keep. That doesn't mean that they're going to keep every single player on the roster or be able to, but I do think they're going to have a focus, and I definitely think Caden Jenkins is going to be a huge part of that focus. Grayson, this weekend against TCU, your assessment of uh, of these two teams uh, at this moment right now, heading into a game that has far less juice in it than any Baylor-TCU game has for the last few years. 
Right, and I, I mean, coming into this matchup, I know people want to say how bad Baylor is, and I mean, I completely understand it. Baylor has not been good this year. It's been a really, really bad year, but at the end of the day, you are what your record says, and what TCU's record says is they're only one game better than Baylor so far this year, and TCU still has got something to play for. They got a chance to make a bowl game. They got a chance to maybe get back into the good graces as far as what they did a year ago, but they kind of have an uphill battle to climb because they got Baylor, and then they got to go to Oklahoma next weekend. So they still got some work to do, and they haven't really looked like a team recently that's really showed me anything of a bowl team. They look more like a team that's fringe bowl team that's not going to make a bowl. And for that reason, this game is somewhat winnable for Baylor. Now, things are going to have to go right um, because, simply put, Baylor's faced some teams that run an offense similar to TCU's when you look at Texas and you look at Texas State to a lesser extent, Texas Tech. Um, and those teams had a lot of success against Baylor's defense. So there's going to have to be a lot of soul-searching here. They're going to have to dig deep if they're going to want to come away with a win. But I think the most important thing here is, will Baylor compete or not? Uh, because we saw against Kansas State, they competed for about you know 10 minutes in that game, and then it just completely went sideways. Going into this matchup, are they going to be able to create their own break? create the turnovers that they need to, convert in the red zone, which they haven't done all year, convert on third down, which they haven't done all year. Those are all going to be very important things. But I think really at the end of the day, it's going to come down to which team wants it more. Um, and then it just, and then you're just going to kind of look at it and go, okay, if TCU plays their best game and Baylor plays their best game, TCU's probably going to win. But if Baylor plays their best game and TCU just plays a good or just above average game, then I definitely think Baylor can go on the road and find a way to win this game. Am I predicting that? No, I'm predicting TCU to win this game, but I do expect it to be pretty close. Were you on the naming committee for the Blue Bonnet battle? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Craig, you know, we talked about it this week and I on the Bearcast, and my goodness. I mean, you mentioned it perfectly. Could you have gotten any lazier, you know, with this decision? I just felt like this rivalry does mean so much to both these programs, and it's one of four you know, rivalries that are going to stay in the new Big 12 for the foreseeable future. And to have a name like that is just pretty ridiculous. I will not be calling it that. It is going to continue to be called the rivalry by me. Grayson, thank you very much. Uh, Grayson Grunhafer, Sikkim365.com, recruiting analyst, co-host of the Bearcast with Craig on Tuesdays. 